Opinions expressed during the show are not necessarily those of the staff, management, or ownership of WGCH Radio. Good morning, fashion friends. Welcome to Fashion Friday. I've got a good show for you today. Lots of things going on in fashion world, fashion news world. So I want to jump right into it. Let's start off by talking about the next company to put an effort into the sustainable fashion platform or process is Nordstrom. I'm happy to say. I was very happy when I found this out, by the way. So they have launched a new line. It's called See Tomorrow. I think that's adorable. And it is at the New York City store, the flagship store, even better. I thought they were going to say uh, that it was in Seattle at their uh, homeland, the mothership. Um, so basically, Nordstrom will act as a physical reselling platform that will also welcome customers to bring in their pre-loved luxury goods in exchange for a Nordstrom gift card. So um, brands like Burberry, Off-White, Tom Brown, and Adidas are signed up and on board with this. And um, I am very interested in this, by the way. I'm actually heading down to the city after this later on today. I don't know if I'll have time to stop by there today. If it's just starting today, I might give it about a week till they kind of get the wheels rolling. And um, but I will be reporting back to see what I think. So this is very, very interesting. By the way, this has already been happening in the UK. It's happening at Selfridges, the very well-known department store. Um, and so I, I'm happy. I'm, it's interesting how the role of a retail store, especially luxury retail store, has is changing and has changed. So um, you know, I think I think it's smart. I think they have to stay up with the times. I think they have to, it's certainly a greater effort, you know, for, for a greater good. And um, I don't know how the, the details of it, though. That's my only concern is like exactly, I'm sure they're going to have some sort of, actually, I did hear they have, uh, I did read this part somewhere. They have another company that they've employed to kind of help with the whole, um, because think about that. Now we're talking about a whole nother little system in place within the Nordstrom system. So that would require more, like the re- the regular employee can't be doing both. They They want their employees focused on Nordstrom and sales and whatever it is that they're doing. So I believe they brought in another company to also do all of the, the details. So the pricing, as the goods they're coming in, the repricing, the evaluating, the repricing, and then and then selling. So there's that there. And I and I saw the name and I for, I'm sorry, I forget the name of the company that they that they did. I didn't write it down and now it escapes me. But that was smart. So they they obviously have figured this out a, a little system within the system to kind of do this. So um, listen, I've seen smaller little stores right here on the avenue doing things like that, where they have you know you go in. I believe it's um, oh gosh, it's right here on on the avenue store um, Club Monaco. One of the stores I love, a women's store. They have a little case where they keep pre-loved uh, Louis Vuitton bags or um, Chanel bags, whatever they are. They're designer bags. They've got just a small case, and I've seen it in other, other Club Monaco's in L.A. as well. And it's, you know, pre-loved, as they say, but in excellent condition, and they're reselling it. So I've seen this done on a smaller scale. It will be interesting to see what Nordstrom does. 
and how they do it. Well, I was curious to see what Nordstrom does. So I and a couple of friends took a <coughs> took a ride to um, the Norwalk Mall this past week. Oh, good. And I love first this. thing we did and? was walked into Nordstrom's. Uh, we just happened to park right under it or near it. Where I guess it was right under okay. it. Okay. And uh, let's hear your thoughts. Well, and the first thing we did was sat down and had a cup of coffee at the big open e bar. Yes, espresso bar. Yeah, fantastic. I agree. I agree. I mean, perfectly presented coffee. Yep. Friendly people. Now the place was not crowded, so it right. was easy for them to pay attention to us three guys, which really kind of stood out amongst all right. the women that were there. But right, we had a good time, and I was. Amazed at the difference between the presentation at Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's. Yes. Nordstrom seemed very new, very fresh, very open. Yeah. You could see to the other end of the store, wherever you stood. Yeah. Bloomingdale's completely the opposite. Opposite. Old school. Yeah. Yeah. I I know. I agree. Where it's in, in, you know, X amount of time, a couple of years, it's just going to look like all the other stores. Where Nordstrom, you can tell it's something different. Like you said, you could see right away it's something different. It's a mini concept because it's a mini Nordstrom. I call it the mini, the baby. Uh Um, And it's funny because one of my friends said, for someone that doesn't love that mall, you're there an awful lot. And I said, (laughs) well... You know, love it. I don't love a mall to begin with. I'm more of a, you know, store, individual store kind of shopper or boutique shopper. Um, I'm not against malls. I think they serve a purpose. I said, but I, I you know, I wasn't sure how this was going to play out. But that particular Nordstrom, for me, because I'm always heading south, so I'm always heading to the city. For me, it works as a, I, want, I like to call it sort of like a landing base. Okay. So I love the whole like ordering online and having it shipped to that store. Oh. And then I can pick it up whenever I want. As opposed to yes. things being dropped off at my house, if it needs to be signed for, I get a lot of stuff delivered. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's two, three, four boxes on my doorstep. I'd feel more comfortable if it was, you know, especially if it's raining or snowing. Not that it's not safe. We've mm-hmm. got, we do have security cameras on our property, but bad weather, anything, you mm-hmm. know, you don't know what could happen. Mm-hmm. So I'd feel more comfortable, especially if it's, you know, I've spent a lot of money. I bought a pair of shoes or a coat or something. I'd rather it be at the store where I can go at my convenience and I can go anytime once it's there. I can go at nine o'clock at night before they close and pick it up and try it on. And if it, if it doesn't work, I immediately can get that put back on my card or exchanged or whatever it is. Which I like, as opposed yes. to now I've got to ship it back. So for me, that works. Mm-hmm. Other people, if you're, listen, if you're home to accept the package or whatever, that's different. I get it. So, but that's kind of what I use that Nordstrom for. Mm. And of course, every time I circle in there, I circle around. I get my coffee, exactly what you did, mm. and uh, then I go. So you saw where the big station, the big right by the uh, uh, directly parallel to the coffee um, area. You saw where you pick up. Online goods, correct? I guess that's what we were looking at. It was so quiet and uh, there weren't a lot of people buzzing around. It was kind of hard to pick out what was happening where in some cases. But, yeah, I realize that's what that countertop must have been for. Yeah, Yeah, where there's sort of behind it are kind of rails like you see in a dry cleaner, like that ongoing. I guess there was. Yeah. Yeah. So there's Hmm. it's a mini alteration stand there for basically – and then they have an additional alterations department upstairs Ah. that you don't see. We didn't go upstairs. Yeah. But um, so that's what that is for. Basically picking up online purchases or returns or any – basically that's customer service. So that's any problems at all. And then um, you probably didn't notice if if you're not trying anything on or you're not going there, you wouldn't notice. But right next to it 
are these really beautiful dressing rooms. And you go in and they're nice and big. It's not like, oh, I want to get the corner dressing room because it's the handicapped one. This is this is probably a woman's uh, problem. You know, there's certain. it's like the restrooms. There's certain uh, dressing rooms are much bigger because they're handicapped accessible. These are all the same size. They're all huge and it's wonderful. Oh. And the lighting is fantastic inside. Well, that was another thing. They have huge windows at one end right where the, the all the makeup is. Yes. So the makeup can be tried on in daylight. Yes. I thought <coughs> that was very smart. Yes. I Yeah. I love that. And, um, and basically just at the entire end of that store as well, even as far as the clothes go, which mm. I love, which is rare. You don't, I, you don't, I can't think of a, another mall or a store where that happens, where mm. there's daylight, you know, or windows right there. Yeah. So you, overall, you liked it. Did you shop at all? Or you just went for coffee? We just went for coffee. Well, one of the guys did pick up something for his wife at a Clinique item, but uh, okay. that was about the extent of our shopping. We wanted to just see what the whole uh, mall was like. And the whole mall, I felt, was very open and airy in the areas, that, in the common areas, bigger than most other yes. uh, malls. And it seemed easy to walk through. I don't know why, but yeah. I, I, I liked it. I yeah, I agree with you. It's kind of it feels bigger and wider, yeah. and they definitely made a conscious effort to those those um, l- sort of loungy little nooks that mm-hmm. they have. There's lots of those yep. encouraging people to you know hang out or whatever. Um, so uh, was the Amazon store open yet? No. Yes, yeah, still yeah. not. So I have a sign there. Yep. The sign that was also there for the Apple store, <laughs> right, almost virtually next to it. Um, yeah, not open yet. Yeah, I know. I keep waiting. I keep checking. And, and I, I didn't find anything online recently, so I'll have to look again. Um, we were surprised to see a barbershop there. Oh, really? I didn't see uh, that. Skull and Combs. Oh, um, okay. And at, down at the opposite end uh, of the third floor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. One, one of the ends, anyway. It's bigger than it appears. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. When you get in, definitely from outside, you think, oh, it just looks like it's kind of Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's. Mm. And then when you get inside, it's because it's three floors Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's still, I would think, a smaller mall, but it's it's definitely, I think, the appearance is tricky and uh, deceptive, rather. And when you get inside, it's bigger. Mm -hmm. But interesting enough, we'll see. Funny, though, that they don't have a food court. That's the one thing that I've been hearing a lot of people say that they're disappointed with. Well, there's certainly lots of room for that to be yeah. happening because there's a lot of stuff that's not open yet. A lot of areas right. that aren't yeah. open yet. They have the only thing I saw was I think on the third floor there's like two little outposts. I want to call it. Hmm. There was one. It's like a noodle place. I oh think. yes, that they they tried to yell it to us to come over and get something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was yeah ramen something yeah. or other. Yeah, and then I think barbecue but, or something. Right near that, or it wasn't next to it, but virtually next to it was Pinstripes. Yes. Which has a bowling alley in it. <laughs> the bowling alley, yes. <laughs> we were surprised at that. Yeah. I haven't been in there as well, but I did see that when that opened. Um, and then I think the rush, the only real sit-down restaurant is uh, Yard House. And I don't. Oh. I think that may have just opened, All right. or or it's about to open. So obviously, more of like a sports bar atmosphere. Um, I believe it's the same as the, if it's a chain. It's there's one in the Palisades Mall, which oh. I have been to. Yard Yard. I've been to a place called Yard House, so hmm. I, I'm assuming it's the same. Um, it, nice, you know, sports bar atmosphere. Big, huge screen TVs. 
obviously lots of beer. Uh, I'm not a beer drinker, but you know, the, and they had a decent menu, pretty good menu, bar food, but like a big selection, you know, of different stuff, not just, you know, five appetizers and five entrees. I remember it being like pretty decent um, mm. food there um, for that atmosphere. And obviously a great, great place to watch a game or a sporting event. So right. that. Again, I don't know if that has opened or is about to open, but I did see signs for that. So Yardhouse, okay, interesting. Yes, interesting. Yeah. So your thoughts overall? Liked it. Good. You liked Parking it. Parking was yeah. easy. Yeah. Uh, getting in and out, and you know, getting to from the highway and back to the highway, easy as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that that was easy. I think. Um, get, yeah, getting off because it's right there and getting yep. back on yep. right there. Just normal traffic on 95, which mm-hmm. happens regardless. So, right. Right. Um, okay, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like, but I'm glad you tried the coffee. I do, I am a fan. First thing we did, I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, I, I am, I am a fan of their coffee. Though. Yeah, I can, I agree. I, what struck me first about it was that it wasn't, wasn't served so hot that I couldn't touch it. Yeah. I could drink it right away. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I do too. I, of course, always go for the espresso drinks because I'm a fan of not really a big coffee drinker. Once in a while, I'm more tea or I go the other end of the spectrum and it's espresso drinks. So what do I'm, they call it? Something poor? Oh, um, yes. That's my husband drink. My husband drinks the... Which is just regular, a regular cup of coffee, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pour over or something. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Right, right. And then my husband is a fan of the nitro, you know, the Ooh. the cold brew. When it's ah, yes. out of the, you know, the thingy, whatever the heck it's called. I don't know. The, the tap, I okay. guess, or whatever. They have that? I didn't yeah. even see that. He's a fan of that. Okay. I'm not because, again, I like my lattes or cappuccinos. Mm. That's my drink um, with honey and cinnamon. So <laughs> anyway, all right. I'm glad you liked it. Me That's too. Uh, good to hear. Yeah, it's, a, I think, a good fun place. I feel like, you know, when there's bad weather. It's kind of a good place just to kill time, walk around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know I've talked about this before. In terms of what is there, merchandise, it's definitely not, uh, it's not New York City. We'll say that. But if you've got to go and you need a quick gift or you need something like, especially if you need like a quick alteration or, oh my gosh, you know, you're getting dressed. I need a white, plain white dress shirt or you've got a wedding to go to. Oh gosh, last minute. Those last minute things or just the everyday fill in the closet type of things, those stores are going to, especially Nordstrom, will definitely be good for. Um, you know, if you're looking for something extra special and different and high end couture no that's not going to be the place you've got to take the trip into the city for the uh the nordstrom there which does cover that very well um so that's you know my overall my overall opinion of it i see but yes all right so um another company i wanted to talk about this uh h&m announced it will sell garments made from a fabric, something called Circulose. So it's a sustainable fabric option made from upcycled clothing and fashion waste. And this is starting this spring. So it's another company getting aboard, which, by the way, I thought about this. They already were doing something like this. They had a collection started, I don't even know, a few years ago. It's called the Conscious, Conscience, Conscience? Conscious Collection at H&M. And when you went into the store... Um, there was a little separate area, and you could see there was like little signage that would say H&M Conscious. And that was their sort of sustainable fashion. The fabric was, you know, recycled or whatever it may be. And they would have a little section of the store dedicated to that. So they're now stepping forward and, you know, taking another step towards 
sustainable fashion by using this this fabric called cir- circulose. And interesting enough, this is the first fast fashion company to sell clothes made from this fabric. I th- what I think is interesting about it is it's a fast fashion company. So fast fashion is almost the opposite of sustainability. You know, it's just that. It's it's cheap, it's quick, it's easy. It's fabrics that are usually horrible um, because they're, you know, they're, they're inexpensive. And um, so I like that this is not going in that direction, going in the other direction and becoming, you know, uh, better, better, more conscious about everything, not just what they're making, but how they're making it. And even in fact, the fabric option. So this is um, starting this spring. So I don't know, I, I, again, I like the idea of all of this. I wonder if it's something that people will really get on board with, though. I was thinking about that. Do you think or do you think it's going to take for all of the retailers to do things like this? I don't know. Is the price point lower than? No. Well, I don't know. It depends. Then the the equivalent product that isn't made with circulose, I wonder. Yeah, Yeah, I guess we'll see. Or, Or if it's just the same, I would say... Go with the smarter approach. Yeah. Yeah, if it's the same price and the quality seems about the same. I think the quality will be better because it's recycled. Um, You know, again, and I'm just speaking about companies like like H&M where things are at a low price because of the low quality. That's the reason why they are. It's fa- that's what fast fashion is. It's like fast food. Mm-hmm. It's not really good for you, <laughs> but it's inexpensive and it's accessible. So you know, there's always going to be a market for that. I get it. Um, but if they switch and go along with this recycled uh, clothing made from recycled waste, um, recycled clothing and fashion waste, unless maybe if they do the whole store, then you don't have the choice. But I don't know. I just think, and not just at H and M, even at Nordstrom, let's say. I think, are people really going to get on board with this? I wonder how this is going to, you know, or is it just going to be a slow progression that eventually every, like, kind of like recycling. Okay, remember when I was, well, when I was a kid, so let's go back to 70s. We didn't recycle. I didn't know anybody that recycled. Should we have done it? Yes, of course. But we didn't have recycled bins in our house. We didn't have a recycled truck. Now I feel like almost, it's, it's kind of odd if you don't. You know, the first thing I ask if I'm in someone's house is like, well, where's your recycle bin? Or do you recycle? Mm-hmm. And not everybody does. I get it. But it's it's all pretty much the norm now. Right. You know, right. we have a recycle bin. They come on Mondays, you know. To, so I feel like maybe it's something like that that just has to be kind of taken time. Over time, people will eventually go that route and realize. Hey, I can picture it becoming standard. Yeah. Everybody does it. Every store offers it. Yeah. And there will be a very a, a price point variation whereas yeah. the lower cost product will be the recycled product. Right. And you want to pay a little extra for a virgin product? Well, that's what's going to happen. I right. Think. Yeah, I mean there certainly has to be some sort of um different I think there has to be kind of two segments to each thing. I think within each store, I mean if we're talking about H&M which already is a lower cost brand, yeah, you could easily do that. I think if you're talking about a place where they've got all different price points like a Bloomingdale's or a Saks or something, all right, a little bit a little bit harder to do or maybe just takes a little bit more time to kind of separate all that stuff. Um you know, but I, my listen. This goes into my next thought, which is the gray market. <laughs> so, 
Um, What's the gray market? So the gray market is basically, it's all about the luxury goods and the resale of that Uh from a a company or a website. This isn't like an individual just reselling their, their bag or whatever. It's companies that are doing it for profit and not having the permission of the designer or the design house and not oh. giving any credit or any, you know, any type of compensation or agreements, uh, uh, you know, agreement. So, um, it, it's interesting. It's like, you know, I think about this and I'm like, okay, can the luxury region control it, can they can sort of control its its image? It's tricky. I mean, I'm always a fan of <clears throat> buying real, buying authentic. I always say, if you can't afford it, don't buy the knockoff. But to some degree, everything's a knockoff. Yes. So you know, where do you draw the line? Well, I'm not going to Chinatown to buy a let's the, the hottest one of the hottest bags right now is by Bottega Veneta. So there's lots of knockoffs. I've been seeing them everywhere. I wouldn't do that because it's exactly the same replica as the $2000 bag. I'm not buying the $2000 bag, but you know, but but some something that's like influenced by that's different. It's not made, it doesn't have it's not made to look exactly like it. It's influenced. So to some degree everything is kind of influenced and trickled down. But um this is more like the real deal being real resold um, for a lower price. So um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I think acquiring a luxury product has always been about the relationship between exclusivity, authenticity, and the brand and the client. You know, that's that's what it is. That's what luxury items are, whatever range. You could talk, be talking about a car. So there's that. However... Products should be more accessible, you know, or could be more accessible. But where do you, you know, are you compromising, kind of like we were talking about at H&M, you're compromising quality and where it's made and let the brand kind of do that. Like if a brand decides, a lot of brands do this, they'll have a lower end line. That I like. But having a third party come in and take real Chanel bags or Louis Vuitton or whatever and reselling it kind of on it's like the black market so it's not underground so that's why they call it gray I guess <laughs> yeah but it's not really black market I mean it really feels more like a used car I mean it's a used bag it's a used piece of clothing once the primary buyer decides it's they're going to sell it yep that's it the- yeah I guess I think it's more like I said it's more about the bigger like online websites that are that have that's all they have are luxury items and there's no agreement with the brands. Mm. I guess that's what it is. It's not like I said, it's not the average person selling a couple of things here and there. Like me, I sell my stuff, you know, on Poshmark, whatever. I don't sell Chanel bags, that's for sure. But it's still, um, I think it's these um, companies that are bigger and they're really reselling a lot of stuff and there's no like i said there's no i don't i don't know because there's still a way to resell it just sell it to you know a, a reputable company that has an agreement or or something i think there's still you know places like the real real those are all um legitimate let's call it i don't know i, hmm. I don't know i think and i thought about this and i thought i guess Maybe let's say high, and again we're talking high-end luxury goods. Maybe if they made more and more of an effort to have like different levels, let's call it different luxury levels. So there's you know the if you want the newest greatest ba- greatest bag, and if let's say that bag is I don't know we're talking Chanel, so let's say it's fifteen thousand dollars. Then they make another bag similar for a little less, a midway, 
and then a lower end, kind of like the iPhones. You know how they have like... No, but this sounds exactly the way they've been marketing cars from the beginning, virtually the beginning. Yes. And there are used car lots, for instance, that sell every brand. Yep. Are, and you can also buy a car off the you know newspaper that there some individual is selling, and everybody accepts this. This is normal practice. Yeah. No, but, nobody says, "Oh, does Chevy allow you to sell that car?" Well, no. <laughs> well, uh, right, but that's an again, that's an individual. That's like one. They're not selling like a fleet. But what if you had a huge lot and you were selling like two thousand Maseratis? Yeah. Do so you think somebody would say something? And you well, weren't. It wasn't. Uh, there wasn't a deal. You weren't like a licensed dealer. I'd want to know where did you get these. Right. <laughs> right. That's and, what I'm saying. You would probably say uh, individuals who bought them sold them to us. Right. Or they're on consignment. Or I don't something, know. Something. Yeah. I mean, if you're a licensed dealer, that's different. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. But if you, if it's a magnitude of things of luxury goods. And it's and oh and you're Maybe selling that's it. That's it. There needs to be some sort of licensing. Yeah, and you're selling it at a happening. huge discount. So mm-hmm. you know, without a license. Uh, anyway, I, I, it's an interesting thing. And let me just give you this one little fact that it came across: the resale market's worth will be forty-one billion with a B dollars in 20, 2022, from up from twenty billion in twenty seventeen. So that's the whole entire resale market. Interesting. All, all clothing or all just bags? I think this is all clothing. Yeah, this is all clothing because this was a, actually right. a, recor- uh, a report according to ThreadUp. Oh. Yeah, so all clothing. Yeah, they would want to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's an interesting thing. I don't, you know, I'm, I kind of have my feelings about it. I guess it could, it's something that would be hard to gauge. I would think if I were like a big luxury brand, how do you control that? You know, it's always going to happen, just like knockoffs are always going to be made. But. Um, I don't know. It does bring down the value of the real thing. It also kind of hurts the brand. But I don't know. At the end of the day, do I really, really care? No, not really. I don't, I, you know, I make sure I'm responsible what I'm buying or selling, mm. you know, so I'm trying to do my part. It's interesting. But I do think, I still think big, big, big high end brands should do a lower end line. I do. I think more of them should do that so things are a little bit more accessible. Right now, the hottest thing that everyone's buying in the retail world, the fashion world, are luxury goods, shoes, handbags, accessories, Mm. because those are accessible. You know, everybody wants a little piece of Gucci. Well, that's like the most searched brand right now on all the resale sites is Gucci. Everybody wants that Gucci belt because if I have that belt, that's a status symbol. You know, (laughs) know, whether or not I can afford to pay my rent or mortgage – I've got the Gucci belt, you know? So that's really where it is. And I just feel like... So this means it holds its value, too. Somebody has one and and needs the money, they can sell it? Absolutely. Well, a lot of things like uh, certain luxury items uh, gain value as time goes on. Like a Chanel bag absolutely can be sold for a lot more than what it was purchased for. If you bought it, like, let's say, 10... Yeah. You want that Ferrari GTO, (laughs) it's going to be 10 times more than it was, 100 times more than it was... When it was originally made. Now, <laughs> right, because, right. Yeah. Interesting stuff. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's show. Join me next week for more Fashion Friday on 1490 WGCH. Well.
1490 and FM 105.5 WGCH Greenwich. Senate crossroads, coronavirus spreads. I'm John Trout. Questions remain as to how the impeachment trial in the Senate will play out today. Senators appear poised on a vote to reject impeachment witnesses. If that occurs, Lauren Fox reports, an acquittal of President Trump is all but certain. Democrats could drag this out over some procedural votes for a period of time. We still don't have a great sense of whether or not they plan